Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dialogues in Dermatology. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm Carrie Martin, an Associate Professor of Dermatology and Child Health at the University of Missouri, and I have the pleasure of sitting down with Dr. Antonio Torello today. He's, we're going to talk about cutaneous manifestations of COVID-19 in children. So we're so excited to have him on Dialogues today. Dr. Torello is the head of the Department of Dermatology in the Children's Hospital Del Niño Jesus in Madrid since 2007. He's acted as the president of the Spanish Group for Pediatric Dermatology, the European Society of Pediatric Dermatology, and the International Society of Pediatric Dermatology. He's also been the associate editor of Pediatric Dermatology on the editorial board of the Journal of the American Academy of Dermatology, and is in the newly assigned editor-in-chief of the JEADB Clinical Practice Journal. Dr. Torello has acted as associate and senior editor for the Schachner Hansen Textbook of Pediatric Dermatology, the associate editor for Bologna Schaefer Steroni Dermatology Text, and co-author of Happel's Mosaicism in Human Skin. He's also written or co-authored more than 30 chapters in international textbooks. He's lectured in more than 100 additional international congresses or courses and has authored or co-authored over 300 scientific articles in index journals. So thank you so much for joining us. It is such a pleasure. Uh, I can't wait to pick your brain about these cutaneous manifestations of COVID in kids. Thank you very much. It's my great pleasure to be here with you. Can you give us a little background, maybe uh, how this kind of started coming to light when the COVID pandemic started popping up around the world and how you got interested maybe in this topic? Well, my interest was, uh, as for many other doctors in, in Madrid, the city where I live, because of a huge exposure of the population to a viral load. So in the early days of March last year, we cannot tell how many people were infected because we didn't have the appropriate testing at the time. But uh, millions of people in Spain were, were exposed and we had a huge amount of people dying. It was such a mess. It was terrible. And the doctors had a, a terrible time. I was a bit fortunate because, as you will know, children are much less affected by COVID. But even children's hospitals were reconverted for adults' hospitals. And, but my hospital became a reference center for COVID-19 in Madrid. And we were there. And we had the chance to see many, many children coming. Also, we had to attend children coming for different conditions. But COVID-19 became much predominant in, in those days. So it was about a three-month period that was very hectic with activity and seeing a lot of patients with COVID-19, suspected COVID-19, possible COVID-19, and all the things that came that are still unsolved. But we were exposed to those days an impressive number of cases that we had not seen before, strange exanthems, things that we had never seen, and everything could be related to the virus at the time, but uh, possibly not. So I think we're still in doubt of, about it. And this is why I became interested. And we did some studies, but fortunately, things got better and we are now in a much better situation. But those days were an impressive period of activity and worry. And also, of, it was encouraging to try to discover new things, but oh, it was also a sad time for, for thousands of people and families in my city and in my country, uh, because many of them had uh, some, especially elder, uh, elder people who passed away in those days in a, and in a very bad situation. They couldn't say, even say goodbye to the relatives. So, but now we, things are getting better. Good. So good. You've been in the thick of it right from the beginning then and kind of 
observing and watching these kind of cutaneous changes, I'm excited to kind of hear more about what you think our role as dermatologists are. But if you could start off maybe giving us a little overview of some of the different cutaneous manifestations of COVID that are seen in children. Well, there are, I think the most popular ones that became uh, impressively popular, especially in the first, the former days of the infection, but uh, the Americans called it COVID toes. Mm-hmm. In Europe, we call them perneos or chilblains or chilblain-like lesions or acral ischemic lesions. We had a, a lot of consultations, not only in presence, but also by texting or by the cell phones, colleagues. It was the topic of interest for weeks, and uh, we were receiving every day a lot of patients like this. It was, uh, let's say it was March and April in Madrid. It's not very, it's quite a warm climate. Let's say it's about between 15 more or less around 15 or 20, not 20, but let's say 15 degrees. And it, we had never seen such an, in Madrid, such an amount of, of chilblains coming to the emergency room. Possibly there was a calling effect that the news, um, there were news all the time about these manifestations and people were much afraid that they could have COVID and they were coming to the emergency room. Well, this is COVID and people were really afraid of, of having COVID. But uh, one of our roles was to reassure the, the children and the, and the caregivers that this COVID toes were not a severe manifestation, but uh, it was kind of, I think, let's say protective manifestation, even though it was a little bit cumbersome, cumbersome to have some painful toes. But otherwise, they were a mild manifestation. And besides some worry about, uh, about uh, having a serious disease by the parents, that's all it took. And also, we were in the right place to see the first cases of uh, the multisystemic inflammatory syndrome that we rapidly collected an, uh, a dozen cases in one week that, came, that came to the emergency room. And uh, they were admitted to the intensive care unit, and they had their cutaneous manifestations. And uh, we did a good record of all the skin lesions uh, appearing at those times. But uh, I think COVID toes were the most popular. And the things still are. There was a controversy and, uh, and a lot of things, a lot of interesting stories about it. What do you think the specificity of COVID toes or perineal-like lesions in a child, if they're in a warm or warmer climate at the time, do you feel like that is fairly specific for COVID? Well, I, I think after all this time, that, of course, I, I have the feeling we will never have a, a definite uh, proof that COVID-19 are, are due to COVID-19. Because even though you demonstrate that the virus is there, the virus is there in all infected people. So it doesn't. So there must be something more. But I think it's a combination of factors. It's possibly the role of the virus, possibly the role of immune cytokines and the interferon release. But it happens with other viruses as well. And, the, and we don't see chilblains in, in other viral diseases. In any case, also cold may have a role, even though the climate is warm. You know, you, you, maybe there's a lower threshold for, for cold to induce chilblains in, in patients who are currently infected with COVID-19. So I think there is a link. There's an epidemiological link. And uh, I'm fully convinced because the time frame was very close to every viral wave. There was a wave of COVID toes coming. So I think it, it, it plays a role, but there may be other factors that are also important. We have never seen, for example, we, we didn't see COVID toes in, in summer. 
but we saw them in winter. So, of course, the, it must play a role, but uh, the role of Kavitos must not be overlooked. I think it's very important too. Yeah. And what are some of the cutaneous manifestations you were seeing in children presenting with multisystemic inflammation? Well, these were very, uh, as you all know, in the beginning, it, we called it a Kawasaki disease-like because the skin manifestations were quite similar. And the uh, cracked lips, the mucosal uh, involvement, the erythematous rash, the edematous hands, and finally some scaling. So they, they resemble Kawasaki disease, as, as you all know. But we saw other interesting stories. We saw a number of children who came to the emergency room with exactly these the same cutaneous features, but they didn't have any systemic involvement. Mm. And uh, those cases, and most of them were negative for PCR, but as it, it happens with other manifestations in children. And believe me, I have never seen in my life Kawasaki disease lesions in patients who do not have Kawasaki disease. And it, it was coincidental. We collected, I think it was six or seven patients in, in, in a couple of weeks during the major outbreak of the disease. So it was never published because we didn't have a complete or definite confirmation. But we think the mucocutaneous manifestations of COVID-19 in children who are possibly having some immune response that predispose them to have a multisystemic or simply mucocutaneous Kawasaki disease-like lesions. Hmm. So that's, I guess, one of the big differences we might see as dermatologists between pediatric and adult populations. Are there other differences you think we need to be aware of between kids and adults with the cutaneous manifestations of COVID? Well, I, th I think uh, the manifestations that you can see, besides the uh, multisystemic syndrome, inflammatory syndrome, the other ones you can see in adults and in children too, because there are adults with acroischemic manifestations. And I've seen also, uh, in those days I saw adults with COVID toes who had at the same time uh, mild COVID manifestations and uh, also uterine area, vesicular eruptions. And I think I would, I would highlight two or three manifestations that we saw in children that were not seen to, to my knowledge in adults. We saw a lot of exanthems with uh, purpuric exanthems, mm. reticulated purpuric. We don't know. It was published in adults, acral purpura or acral retiform of purpura, but this we saw in, in in the first couple of weeks of the outbreak, we saw many children coming to, uh, to the emergency room with purpuric eruptions that we see uh, every now and then in the emergency room, but there were too many, in my view. And uh, the other one is, the, the, of course, there are others. We saw, we described the acral peeling as the sole manifestation of, of COVID-19, and possibly it happened in adults too, but I, I have never heard about it in in adults, it was sim simply like, it looked like pool palms, the, the acral peeling with some erythema. And uh, in these cases, the, these patients were asymptomatical patients because they had, they were positive in PCR. So this was uh, definitely a manifestation of COVID. And of course, there were others that are more frequent in children than in adults. I think the pityriasis lacinoides-like eruption or the papillosquamous eruption is more frequent in children. And I think these are the main uh, differences between children and adult, adults. Of course, you perfectly know that the disease is much less uh, severe and systemically in children. So there is a real difference between children and adults regarding COVID. 
And that might lead nicely to thinking about what is, what is our role as dermatologists and how can we help in early diagnosis, maybe especially for kids, if they're otherwise feeling pretty well and they're not having the other symptoms of COVID, sometimes, you know, you're describing that their only, only symptom might be a cutaneous manifestation. So they might show up to the dermatology office instead of their primary care office or otherwise. Definitely, yes. So for, besides her role in identifying children with potentially life-threatening uh, syndrome, immunosystemic syndrome, because these patients come with uh, uh, skin manifestations are usually early in the disease. They come with the exanthem and the fever and tachycardia, and these patients should be monitored. And if, especially if tachycardia occurs, they should be immediately admitted. And the presence of cutaneous lesions plus uh, systemic symptoms is something really to consider. On the other hand, we have a role in describing and, uh, and of course, making an accurate diagnosis of uh, COVID-19 and highlighting the possibility of COVID-19-related manifestations in, in children, isolating them possibly from non-vaccinated uh, elder people. And this epidemiological role is important and also identifying the contacts for isolation and uh, quarantine if necessary, according to the local rules. And well, I think we have a role in seeing patients with mild manifestations, but this is a role as pediatric dermatologists, because I know that many, many, many of my friends and colleagues in Spain and in, in Madrid uh, became real, real experts in some severe manifestations in adults. So we, we all had an accelerated course of, of dermatology, and it was really very interesting. So I think if I can say this, it was more or less the, by the time of AIDS came first in the 80s, when we dermatologists were exposed to a lot of new conditions of, or different manifestations that appearing in HIV patients that were Fortunately, no longer seeing them, but in, uh, I was quite young at the time. I was a resident and a young, a young staff member. But uh, by the time we were seeing an amazing number of skin manifestations we hadn't seen before. So I think it's very interesting to compare the, the two situations. Absolutely. If you had to summarize all of this into a couple key take-home points for the listeners, what would you include? I think I would include the, the main manifestations of skin, of skin manifestations of COVID in children. So one is COVID toes, the, the whole story about it. Very interesting and um, a, a lot of publications. It's interesting how it all spread throughout the, uh, the real, all around the world. Uh, all, all of us were seeing COVID toes. This is one of the key messages. And the other one is to recognize children with potential systemic manifestations of COVID, and this may come because of skin manifestations. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining in and listening to us. I've had the pleasure of sitting down with Dr. Antonio Torello today, uh, signing off from Dialogues in Dermatology. This is Carrie Martin. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure to see you again. Yes. Thank you for joining us. <laughs>